You better get ready. The coffee's poured and the on-air sign's flashing. Broadcasting live and local, this is Lee Faulkner on 864-Triple-M. G'day, I am Lee Faulkner and welcome to our podcast edition of the show as we kicked off another short week again. Uh, we caught up with the Mayor of the Toowoomba Regional Council, Paul Antonio, and uh, as well as that, had a bit of a laugh with You Can't Be Serious. We'll feature a couple of those for you along the way. And uh, I also caught up with the member for Toowoomba South, David Janetsky, and uh, I started by asking him if the concept of the Premier of Queensland, Anastasia Palaszczuk, uh, taking her boyfriend to a high-level meeting regarding the Olympics would pass the pub tests. And this is what he had to say. I personally don't think it does. No, I don't think it does either, Lee. I think it's uh, that's very unusual. It, it, it's a very unusual scenario. So uh, for the Premier to take her, her boyfriend along to a top-level Olympic Games meeting... Um, in Sydney, very, very odd. Um, I mean, it's, it's okay if he's gone on the trip. Yeah, yeah I that's, mean, it's, that's, that's fine. Great. It's and, a and long, lonely life that you live. You're correct. away all the time, whatever. I don't have no problem with that. If he's got some time off surgery or whatever it is Go he does, that's great. He could have been down the crown having a you know having yep. a bit of a game of blackjack or something like that while the meeting was on. But he's there posing in the photos and the whole thing. Is it, It's not the look that we want for, you know, a no. country that's saying we're professional enough to host the Olympics. No, to, to be in the boardroom, like there was an agenda, there was a set time between 10 and 11 a.m. for the meeting. Yeah. There were papers. Just there were official photographers. Like, you know, by all means. And and I know better than anybody, you know, the challenges of trying to balance a professional life with, uh, with, with that. So if, by all means, he can be there with her yeah. and support her. But to be in the room uh, for such an important meeting and, and leave aside, I don't think there are even any federal government representatives in the room. And they're paying for half of the Olympic Games. So it was just very odd uh, that he would be there and and other people wouldn't, whether it be Indigenous reps for the board or Paralympic reps. Paralympic reps. Absolutely. Uh, or federal government reps. And as I say, look, just all of those people could have been invited, but, it, but it, I just thought, gee whiz, is this what we, you know? Mm. Anyway, uh, let's have a talk about a couple of other things. One of them yes. uh, is something that we've spoken about many, many times. Uh, the, uh, you know, uh, state budget, uh, yep. you know, is there, do you think, going to be any provision for a hospital in Toowoomba? Well, last week, Trevor uh, Watts, member for Toowoomba North, and myself launched a petition uh, just to try and give this a bit of a nudge along. And, um, you know, we've all been talking about this for a very long time. And a new Toowoomba hospital hospital is needed. And uh, the government's been in planning for a very long time. We've had business case and then a plan, then a detailed plan, then a increased specification. You know, whatever it is, it, it is time for yeah. some money to be allocated. Not necessarily the full amount, but I think the region needs to see that the state government is looking to our Absolutely. future. So I, I think it is time. And so we're going to push this petition, going to try and push a bit hard. We've got the state budget uh, around the 22nd of June this year. Yes. So we're going to keep pressing ahead for it uh, because, Lee, you know, and the listeners, we all we all know we need it. Our Absolutely. health staff have done an amazing job during COVID, but there's only so many workarounds and so many quick fixes that can be uh, can be achieved at the base, and it's time. It's all right, time. I'll come back then to the pub test in the interest of fairness and say, you know, again, in the in the front bars of pubs all over the place, yep. in this region, people are saying, well, there's a very good reason why no government, no matter who is in power, so if, if you know, if LNP got in the state government tomorrow, would be committing any great deal of money to this place because we vote one way in this area. What's the point? 
Yeah, and obviously with the federal election going on now, that is a topical conversation. And um, I don't necessarily think um, it's because we traditionally vote Liberal National more than any other way. Um, I look at the range crossing, you know, that was nearly $2 billion worth of... But it did take five decades. It took a long time. I mean, it was on the front page of the Chronicle in 1970, Dave. That was the year I was born. It's true. And it took till three years ago to get it. It's true. But I I think um, what is most powerful locally, at a local level, is when a local government, a state government, and a federal government work collaboratively. Yes. And, And I think that is the strength. Now... Um, whether, what particular political colours all those council, council, state and federal are, all their political leanings, the key thing about the range crossing, which ultimately uh, occurred, was there was a will, there was a collective Absolutely. will. And it was bipartisan. And, and, and I feel yeah. the hospital is, is nearing that now. And, and all of our job, whether local, state or federal, is to speak with that one voice and, and have that collective will. And I think regardless of, of how we vote, it'll be achieved because it's what's best for the community, what is most needed uh, and what have we been waiting for. Um, and so that's that's why I think we're getting closer to the Toowoomba Hospital, but I th- a new Toowoomba Hospital, but I think that's uh, why it's so important for every 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 candidate even that's running in the federal campaign and yeah. um, state in the in 2024 and you know and local government we're all talking about it because we need it all right uh, just finally I noticed that you were out uh, uh, hope for our children uh, and uh, and a wonderful uh, little scenario surrounding mm-hmm. some of the uh, the therapy dogs uh, in this part of the world gee they do I mean it's just amazing and I know that you were uh, getting behind the support there and yeah. uh, encouraging people to go and have a look at the GoFundMe page and uh, and help with support there yeah yeah, and um, some amazing people doing some amazing things right throughout our region. And, and I look at Hope for Our Children and Nadine, who uh, who runs Hope for Our Children. These therapy dogs, uh, you know, we know these precious children uh, and a couple of these therapy dogs have been in uh, hospital wards, in paediatric wards, yeah. helping young kids in pain, um, just to take take some of the distraction, you know, distract them a little bit from their pain. Yeah. And, you know, but there's these therapy dogs have also been in other settings, Lee, like they've been at the courthouse, like yeah. so young kids facing up to court. They, they've been the youth naughty boys ward, and girls. Uh, kids uh, and suffering from correct, mental health issues. I mean, know, just great. And these dogs, even at um, the hospice as well. Um, you know, for people entering their last days of life, um, hope for our children. If you can, um, jump on my Facebook page and, and check it out or yep. jump, jump on the Hope for Our Children Facebook page. Support the training of these dogs because the more of these we get out into these different settings, uh, the better our community will be. It's Fantastic. beautiful work. David Janinski, the member for Toowoomba South, as always, thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it. Thanks very much, Lee. All right, keep up the noise on that uh, hospital. We really desperately do need it. Coming up, we'll give you the chance to win yourself $500 cash. It is the money map, and I've got an unusual story. Uh, it's a political one, too, out of the UK this time that, that will leave you saying you can't be serious. You cannot be serious! Yes, I'm serious. And they say that a week is a very long time in politics. And as one UK poly found out, a weekend can be just as long. Neil Parrish, a senior Conservative MP in the UK, was outed on Friday as the person at the centre of an investigation for watching pornography in the House of Commons after furious female colleagues forced government whips to act. Now, originally no one wanted to admit to the dirty deed. The non-too-happy MP had the whip suspended after becoming the fourth MP from his party since the last election to face claims of impropriety. 
prompting Fleet Street to ask this. Where does that leave you? It leaves me still as a Member of Parliament. Uh, I will maintain my duties very much as the MP. Yes, Parrish was very much doubling down, suggesting an inquiry into the incident would clear him of all claims. I will await the findings of the inquiry. But as the walls closed in on the Tory MP and his salacious viewing habits, a twist came on Saturday which appeared to offer a lifeline. It was all just an innocent mistake, according to Devon councillor and close friend of Parish, Colin Slade. He said he was trying to, to look up tractors. Do you believe that? Yes. You do? Yeah. Uh, I know what he was actually looking for, the tractor he was looking for, and I can see how that could go to something totally different. <laughs> really? What sort of tractor was he looking for? A John Holmes deer? A Kabuti? A Massey does Ferguson? I mean, no. And they wonder why we don't trust a word that comes from any of them. Anyway, back to the story. By Saturday afternoon, things had taken a turn in Tractorgate. And with no corner left to hide in, Parrish faced the BBC cameras to resign and do what every politician would do in this instance. Be sorry for getting caught in a six-minute interview where he never used the word sorry. Oh, it seems to me that sorry seems to be the hardest word. You cannot be serious! Uh, some of them uh, who celebrated a couple of milestones say uh, in the last couple of weeks say uh, a very good morning to the Mayor of the Toowoomba Regional Council, Paul Antonio. Uh, good morning, Lee. Great to be back here again. Congratulations. Four decades in local government and yeah. 10 years the other day as the Mayor of the Toowoomba Regional yeah, Council. Abs- absolutely. It's something that I never planned in my early life. It just... You know, I think. Well, no, your father uh, wasn't a, a great uh, fan, was he? Hey? Your dad wasn't a great no, fan, was he? When uh, you said I'm going into local politics, <laughs> I, I remember I, that story. I couldn't repeat his exact words, <laughs> right. but uh, uh, I'm sure he'd be proud of my achievements. Uh, I'm very happy with what I've achieved. Uh, it's been an interesting time of late, of course. Um, and you know, local government and the success in local government is about working together. Yep. About a team players. Have a look at the Olympic Games coming our way. Yep. Have a look at the city deals that's been done. And that was led by Graham Quirk, the Lord Mayor of Brisbane. I was his deputy, and we talked about city deals, which is about infrastructure for the next 50 years, uh, to make sure that we understand how we will look after the 3 million people who will probably come our way during that period. Uh, There will at least be 2 million, but there could be more, given the circumstances. So, yes, it's been an interesting time. Uh, but the funny thing is, I cannot believe the support I've had post that event that we have that happened in the chambers. Uh, from uh, I went to the Gumbunji show, and I think the people that have been attacking uh, might well pay the price. All right. Uh, obviously, the other uh, big story that's that's been around is is the uh, land scenario that that we face. And whilst I mentioned uh, a few times on air that you know these decisions on planning are made uh, by people employed by the council uh, to make those decisions to the best interest of all of us, but obviously it's it's you and your other councillors that that cop the brunt of it. Uh, are there things that are happening behind the scenes that uh, that we are working towards fixing this land crisis? Because it probably is the biggest scenario we face here at the moment. Look, it, it is true. And, and, you know, we're not Robinson Crusoe. And I that's not an excuse. Uh, everywhere you look, there's an issue with land development. There are some of my mayoral colleagues east of us here who do not want any more land subdivided. They don't have the infrastructure to do yeah. it. Now, land subdivision and projects of the nature of some that have occurred here lately, uh, they require input from uh, the developers uh, in terms of money. Uh, and that kind of thing. 
And look, quite frankly, there was one development that was spoken of uh, to the west of Toowoomba. Yes. It could have happened if it had been staged. It certainly could have happened. As opposed to all at once, but doing it stage by stage. stage by stage. And, you know, it is a little sad that the uh, one uh, near where the new base hospital will be. But, you know, there's an issue around contamination in that land. It went on and on and on, and there was a pathway forward, but they didn't take it, and they've now pulled out of it. But there's still land being developed at a fair rate. There are developers who are not in that cohort of people who are anti, 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 and they're still developing land. There's not enough. I understand that. We've got some things happening. Um, There'll be a report coming to council in the next couple of weeks, and there'll be something quite positive, hopefully, happening by June sometime. And I congratulate the likes of uh, Megan O'Hara-Sullivan on the work that she's done in that area. Being chair of planning is not easy. And uh, she's done some great work there. And I think that uh, given a bit of time, uh, it will rectify itself. It wasn't that long ago there was too much land and people weren't bringing it forward. <laughs> I do remember that. I've been, that's how long I've been doing look, this. Uh, so, yes, I do remember that I, scenario in too. In saying that, the group of mayors that I deal with from here west, yes, everybody has a land problem. Everybody has a housing problem. It's where we are at the moment. People are moving to this area. We should take advantage of that. We should make sure we're up with the pace. And and, and we're not there at the moment. They are going to continue because we have some amazing projects. And you and I were just talking about one before we went on air. Uh, You know, this whole hydrogen uh, cell cars. I mean, it's extraordinary that uh, that Tisby have been involved. The first time the hydrogen car had left uh, downtown Brisbane, it came yesterday to Toowoomba. Now, on that journey, it saved the emission of 22 kilograms of carbon into the atmosphere. That vehicle, because it's running on hydrogen, and it it came to Toowoomba. And look, quite frankly, there's a local company here, uh, FKG, who uh, I know and respect. Uh, They're looking uh, very closely at uh, hydrogen, and they're looking at making electrolyte machines that will actually produce the hydrogen from water. Now, what happened? you think of what difference that would make if we could produce our fuel, yeah. I'm a farmer, we've got eight tractors, should we have a hydrogen uh, plant on our property producing our fuel? Should we? Mm. Should other farmers do it? Should service stations have a... But there's no need to, to import fuel. I hear days when we've got 18 days fuel yes. left in Australia. Yep. So how much better would we be to go on that journey? Now, Toowoomba and Surratt Basin Enterprise, who are a great subsidiary of Toowoomba Regional Council and doing amazing work, are working very, very hard on this. And I can assure you that Toowoomba will become a preeminent place where hydrogen is produced. But you think of what a difference it would make if you could drive to your service station and pick up your fuel that had been produced there on site out of local water out of green electro- green power, you know, solar mm-hmm. power. Yes. And that's what the likes of FKG are talking about. Green oh, hydrogen. Incredible, isn't it? You know, Absolutely we've got incredible. some innovative people in this community and we they deserve our support. Uh, you are always happy to support those that need a little extra support. And it's great to see that after, what, three years uh, that we're having uh, the uh, Merrill Prayer Breakfast uh, coming back again. Yes, it's absolutely amazing. Uh, Councillor McDonald, Councillor Shine, Councillor O'Hara Sullivan and I went one night to a church to see these people being looked after. You know, and how fortunate are we to have houses and, uh, you know, the stability of a job and all the rest of it, where there are people who haven't got that who need a hand up. They were going to those churches and they were being fed. 
They were being uh, uh, accommodated for the evening, and all the churches were working beautifully together with Lifeline. And Lifeline's a great organisation, yeah. does a tremendous amount in this community for those people. You know, and those who work for Lifeline deserve our praise. They deserve a pat on the back because it really is a, a great organisation, like many others. And those people stayed the night. And some of the stories I'm hearing about those people, how they've turned around and they've now got a home, yes. they've now got a job, just because they had that little leg up. But one of the important things, of course, is Greg Sheridan, who writes some beautiful stuff. And I'm reading a book of his at the moment, but I, I'd get home too tired most nights. But Greg Sheridan is a foreign editor of The Australian. But what he's done, he's done a lot of work on the impact of Christianity on humanity. And I think that's one. You know, I'm a Anglican. I go to church regularly. Well, I haven't been for a while. I think they think I've, I've gone somewhere else. But <laughs> the reality of it is that Christianity's had a big impact on, you know, good Christianity. There's good and bad, of course. We all know that. But Christianity has a massive impact on this world. And uh, he's the sort of man who writes those, who, who tells that story. Well, we're looking forward to that Merrill Prayer Breakfast back again. Tuesday, uh, May 24 at Rumours International. Uh, another thing that's always on our mind is water and the supply. Uh, great to see the initiative taken there for the people of Clifton uh, with uh, potable water now available for them uh, through that amazing uh, uh, bit of infrastructure that you yes. put out there. That's great. We've got an RO plant out there, uh, reverse osmosis. We've got a, a G GAB bore which has given them water security. They haven't had that water security. There was a water quality issue. And, you know, the day we went out there to open it, uh, they've got X amount of uh, water storage and everything was full of water for the people of Clifton. And so that's an indication to me that everything's working well. There's always been an issue with water in Clifton, the taste of the water, that sort of thing. Mm. It should be spot on now. But, of course, we spent a tremendous amount of money on actually carting that water to Clifton. It was a phenomenal amount of money. And, um, you know, a $2.75 million investment uh, ensures uh, Toowoomba's, uh, Clifton's water security. And so, uh, you know, we're very proud of that, the fact that that's happened. RO plant, it treats water from the Kings Creek alluvium and also the GABs, as I said before. You know, it's water security. And water security is everything when people are talking about moving to a new town. Absolutely. Particularly if they're bringing a business. All right. For all details and everything we speak about and a whole lot more, everything, uh, the info you need is at the Toowoomba Regional Council website, tr.qld.gov.au. Of course, you can call the service centres on 131 872. The Mayor is uh, Paul Antonio. Thank you, as always, for your time. Yeah, thank you very much for what you do too, Lee. Uh, this uh, this uh, organisation that you're part of has long been in Toowoomba and has done a wonderful job historically. And thank you very much for your work. You cannot be serious! Yes, I'm serious, but I have a feeling that we're all going to wish I wasn't by the end of this. But anyway, a dad has finally had his new Johnson fitted in its rightful place after it spent six years attached to his arm which sounds a bit like my teenage years, but seriously, Malcolm McDonald, whose old fella fell off in the toilet, said his nightmare has been put to rest following surgery to hang it back between his legs. You see, Malcolm lost his boy bits to a blood infection and has since undergone a groundbreaking procedure to have a new one grown on his arm before it could be grafted to his groin. However, medical delays meant he had to live with it on his forearm for six years. Now, at the hospital, they told Malcolm the best they could do for him was to roll the remaining stump up like a little sausage roll. Actually, it was more like a scroll than a sausage roll. But anyway, Malcolm then met Professor David Ralph, a phallus construction expert in London, which, if nothing else, makes for a very interesting Tinder profile. The good news? We can rebuild him. 
technology. For bad news, you'll have to grow it on your arm. The plan was to attach the Willis to Mr. McDonald's groin back in 2018, two years after it had been grafted to his arm. However, he had to miss the scheduled operation due to illness and the surgery kept being pushed back because of COVID. But it hasn't been all beer and Skittles, adding that he's unable to run because it waggles about, and that he can't go swimming or wear a short sleeve shirt. All the time, an elderly lady asked him to get an item from the top shelf of the supermarket, but his arm fellas came loose and hit her in the head. As a keen darts player, he even learned to tuck his darts under it. <laughs> and I can only imagine the fun Christmas was as he chased his nieces and nephews around asking if they wanted a hug. <laughs> in the documentary, The Man with a Penis on His Arm, Malcolm said, it's something to tell the grandchildren, isn't it? No, no it isn't. You cannot be serious!